Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good? Awesome, awesome. It is so good to have you here. And uh, welcome to sunny Pensacola, Florida, right? It's actually sunny for you guys. When that 9 o'clock crew was rolling in, it was looking a little rough. So, um, but yeah, where it's all sunshine all the time and we don't get any rain. Um, now, welcome guys. We are excited for part six uh, of our Take Your Shot series. And today is also Palm Sunday. Uh, so we want to welcome you today. And man, before we make it too much further, I want to go ahead and let you know, man, I hope you have next weekend on your calendar, Saturday, our Easter egg hunt. Um, so if you have kids, bring them out. If you don't have kids, take someone else's. I'm just kidding. Erase that from the tape. That wasn't a thing. Okay, so... Uh, but if you have kids, bring them out. If you know someone that has kids, make sure they bring them out, right? It's going to be a good time. And uh, we actually have parents that travel four and five hours uh, from other towns that come here for our Easter egg hunt. I'm not saying it's the best. I'm just saying it's better than everyone else's. So, uh, no, it's, it's, it's going to be a good time. The way that we do things, particularly if you have kids with special needs, it is, man, it's phenomenal, especially for those kids. But for any kid, man, it's going to be a good time. We're going to have all kinds of stuff. I'm not even going to start listing stuff because the minute I do uh, start realizing stuff that's happening, Karen changes it. So uh, I'm just not going to list anything. But it's going to be a good time when you come. And then next Sunday is Easter Sunday, and it's going to be a great service. And we want you to come out for that. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic time. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be good. So we're excited about that. So part six of uh, Take Your Shot Today and Palm Sunday. So turn to your neighbor and say, it's Palm Sunday. How many guys are excited, man? I'm, 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 all, I'm just, I'm ready to do something. I don't know what to preach. That's what we're going to do. Okay, so good. Part six. Today's called the interview. And I was, I remember watching, uh, so I was involved in AAU basketball for a little while. And so I remember watching uh, this one young man. It was a championship game, AAU ball. And um, this one kid played, played his guts out, man. He ended up with a ridiculous triple-double, if you know what that is in basketball. It's where you have double-digit points. Uh, well, just three individual um, stat lines. This kid had uh, he actually, I quoted it wrong in the first service, he had over 40 points, then he had over 20 rebounds and over 20 assists. And the kid balled out in the championship game, but they lost, right? And so I remember being present for his interview and the different little reporters, high school reporters and stuff were talking to him and they were, they were really like trying to get him to say like, I was proud of myself. They were like, man, you did a phenomenal job. You broke these records, like you killed it, blah, blah, blah. And I remember the kid's response and he was only like 15. And I remember his response and it kind of stuck with me because he said, yeah, but we lost the game. They're like, well, aren't you proud of yourself? He's like, yeah, that whatever, but we lost the game. And they were really like, you know, yeah, but you 20 assists, 20 rebounds, like over 40 points, triple double, it's phenomenal. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the only thing that matters is the championship and we lost the game. And I remember thinking to myself like, man, that's something. Like he had his eyes so focused on what mattered that the, the things that he obtained in the process of trying to get where he was going were just kind of things that didn't matter much because he didn't get where he was trying to go and he didn't win the ultimate goal. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And so today I want to talk to you about your interview, right? Your interview. Mike Krzyzewski, famous uh, legendary basketball coach uh, for Duke, says this, completing one another is more important than competing with one. 
And this idea that the purpose, the reason we exist isn't to compete with individuals, but it's actually to complete one another and accomplishing the greater purpose and fulfillment that God has for us. And so there's this idea that there's something bigger than me that exists and God wants us to accomplish this thing. And so I I see myself and, and I remember growing up in church and Growing up in church, we had like Sunday school teachers, and and what they would do is is that was like different age groups. You would go if you never grew up in church before, like so my age group. I remember being like eight, and I was sitting in Sunday school, and my teacher like I don't know what they were thinking back in the day, but the stuff they used to teach us was like tormenting. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like like all of hell's fury will swallow you. It's like whoa whoa whoa, I'm seven. But I remember being eight years old and they were like, yeah, you're going to stand before God one day and a movie of your life is going to play in front of everyone. And I was like, everyone is none of their business. And I like psychologically and I was like, and then what I didn't think about when you're eight is like, man, we're going to be standing in line for a long time. Like Susie's 87. We're going to stand here for 87 years. Are we watching the portion when she was asleep? Like, do we fast forward? How does this work? But I remember like thinking, I remember thinking to myself like, man, that's going to be crazy to stand in front of God and watch. And I think that there is a portion, a supernatural way that God is going to show us the highlights of our life. Y'all know what I'm talking about? When we stand before the Lord, I do think that's going to happen. I don't think we're all going to be in line though. Like really stinks to be in the Z's, you know, like (laughs) is this alphabetical? Like can a brother get an A? Y'all know what I'm talking about? So anyway, so that's, that's, what I kind of saw, and so, but I, but I do remember, and, and that kind of led me to where I was thinking about, I, I want to be able to stand before God and I not have to worry about my stat line, but be able to stand before God and say, I won the game. And, and in my interview, and, and the Lord is going to be doing an interview with all of us, are you going to be proud of your stat line, or are you going to be able to say you won the game? And we're going to get into that a little bit today. Augustine says this, that we can do nothing without God, and yet he chooses to do nothing without us. In other words, you are an active role in what God wants to accomplish on this earth. There's a purpose, a calling, a destiny for you to fulfill, to accomplish what God wants to do on this earth. He's already called. The Bible says that he predestined. He's already set aside your purpose before you were ever formed in the womb of your mother. Ephesians 2 says that he prepared for you good works to accomplish. And so there's this idea that God wants to use you to accomplish. The question that I have for you is, are we so busy with life that we're missing out on purpose? Are we so focused on what we're trying to accomplish for ourselves that we're accomplishing nothing for the kingdom? What would happen if we stood before God, right, and we say that we accomplish 100% of what God had for us 50% of the time? I would be devastated because I want to accomplish everything that God has for me 100% of the time. Like I, it is my mission to do and be everything that God has destined me to be. And so when I stand before God, I want to be able to say that I, did, I don't want to talk about my house. I don't want to be able to talk about my career. I don't want to talk about my degree. 
I don't want to talk about any of those things. What I want to say is, God, I accomplished everything you called me to accomplish. And I believe for many of us, we've got our attention. We've got our focus. We've got our minds fixed on all these things that, can I go ahead and tell you right now, don't matter. Here's a question I have for you. What if you never married that person? What if you never got that house? What if you never got that job, that degree, that promotion? What if you never accomplished anything in your 20-year plan? What if none of those things come to fruition? But when you stand in front of God in heaven, there's a thousand people there because they knew your name. That is a life worth living. Now, I'm not telling you not to have a house. I, I have a house, okay? So like, I'm not telling you to give everything away. That's not, what, this, not this message. I'm not telling you not to get a degree. I almost have a degree. It is what it is, y'all. I ain't mad, you know. No, I, I was, I, I remember, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this story. So I went and did, I'm not going to tell you where, but I, uh, right out of high school, I went and actually did a basketball camp freshman year. It would have been my freshman year of college. It wasn't. I'm going to go ahead and tell you now. Uh, it would have been my freshman year of college. I remember going down. I did a, uh, I was going to do a walk-on out of college. So go to college, do a walk-on, maybe get a scholarship. Fingers crossed, right? I go there, do the whole workout with the basketball team. Things are good. Things are looking promising. They got a spot for me. I go to the very, and then right after that is freshman orientation. I go to freshman orientation, right? In the very first class, the very first professor gets up there. He goes, all right, here's the deal. I don't take roll. I don't check attendance. Homework is your attendance. If you don't turn homework in three days out of the semester, then you're out of the class. You got to start over again next year. I closed my binder, stood up, and drove back to Pensacola. It's like, listen, I barely went to high school, y'all. I'm like, when people were checking, you know what I'm talking about? Like in high school, people checked on you. If you didn't show up, they called your house. Excuse me, Miss Livingston, your son wasn't here today. They don't do that in college. I was like, I'm not about to pay. I, like, I already knew this ain't for me. Now, if you're in here and you're young and you think about going to college, don't listen to me. I'm a terrible example, okay? But I'm just saying, like, but. As I stand here in front of you today, having had the job, having had a chance at the degree, having had the promotions, having all those things, can I tell you something? What I want more than anything in my life is to be known by heaven more than I'm known by the world. And that is the goal that we should set out to accomplish today. Acts 20, 24, this is what Paul is talking about here. And in your notes, you can get, get those out. He says, but I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. That's the only thing that matters to me. Now, if you know Paul, he was accomplished. He was intelligent. He was successful. And he says, it doesn't matter. If only I can be known for it. We go to Galatians 6.14 where it says again, May I never boast about anything except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. May I never brag about anything other than the cross of Jesus Christ. Could you imagine what your conversations would sound like? Hey, good job at, at your job today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But man, Jesus is everything to me. Like, 
Sitting down for a promotion. Hey, we're considering you for promotion. Awesome, thank you. And then they come to you and they give it to you. Thank you, but man, I'm really here to represent Jesus to everyone I come in contact with. If I get the promotion, I get the promotion. If I don't get the promotion, I don't get the promotion. I'm here for one reason and one reason alone, that the cross of Jesus may be known amongst every person that is close to me. How would we live our life differently if we recognize that the job you have, the only reason you have it is to reach the people around you for Jesus who don't know him yet? The neighborhood that you live in, the only reason you live there is to reach the people around you that don't know him yet. Those people that get on your nerves every day. The only reason that you are around them is to introduce them to the Jesus that they do not know yet. We should walk through life on mission to say all of this stuff can go away, but it doesn't stop my purpose. I was listening to a sermon by John Piper, if you know who Pastor John Piper is then this may ring a bell to you. He was doing what they call the seashell sermon. And so this isn't mine. A lot of what I'm about to tell you is his. I'm giving him credit for it now. Don't email me. You plagiarize. No, no, no. This is like a lot of this part is what I got from John Piper, right? And he was telling a story about how our lives should matter for something bigger than ourselves. About how if we just live for us, then we're missing the point. And the sad part is, he said, is that many do not want our lives to make a difference. We only care about what we can obtain. We want to be liked and we want the degree. We want the husband or the wife. We want the house, right? We want the car. We want the retirement. We want life nice and easy and we want no hell. We don't want anything to shake our world. Can I tell you something? If something is not shaking your world, then you are not shaking hell. If you are not being messed with, then you are not messing up the enemy's plan in any shape, form, or fashion. If there's nothing coming against you, then you are not making progress for the kingdom of God. Every time you take a step forward, you had better believe the enemy is going to try to make you take two steps backwards. But greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. There is a purpose and a drive and a fulfillment that says, I know that when I try to put my foot forward, the enemy is going to try to bring me backwards, but I will not let anything slow down my purpose. There is no job. There is no degree. There is no anything. There's no relationship. There's no marriage that is going to stop me from pursuing what God has for me. Now, if you are married, you do need to keep that. I'm going to just go ahead and put that out there. Okay. When I said no marriage, I meant like pursuit of not once you're in. Okay. Once you're in, you better get in. Okay. Anyway, so I need to clarify Somebody was going home. Pastor said, I can leave you today. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. In April 2000, Ruby Eliasson and Laura Edwards were killed in Cameroon, West Africa. Ruby Ellison was over 80 years old and single her whole life. She was a nurse and she was proud to pour her life out for one thing. To make Jesus known amongst the poor in unreached areas of the world. Laura Edwards was a doctor in the Tri-City area before she chose to go on the mission field. Both of them were in a car that flew off a cliff and they died instantly in a car crash. And my question that I have has Pastor John Piper communicated, is this a tragedy? Is this a tragedy? That two people in their 80s 
20 years after many of their counterparts had already retired and bought condos in Florida and had already started to pursue a retirement lifestyle and spent hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to pursue a lifestyle that would make them feel better as they lived out the rest of their days on this earth. Is it a tragedy that they died in a car in South Africa all alone? This is not a tragedy but a glorious, triumphant story of two people who made every second of their life count. Let me tell you what a tragedy sounds like. This is an article from Reader's Digest in February 1998. First of all, February 1998, many of you weren't even born for, all right? Secondly, Reader's Digest was this thing that our parents used to have. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) An article from Reader's Digest says, Bob and Penny... Married, took early retirement from their jobs when he was 59 and she was 51. They had stashed up enough cash to be able to leave early. And now they live in Florida where they cruise on their 30-foot troller. They play softball and collect seashells. Friends, that is a tragedy. To live our life and end it in a way that at least we're comfortable. Like at, at, at least we're happy. Look at my swing. Look at my seashells. Can I tell you something? If you get to heaven and stand before God, you had better have more than a softball swing and a bag of seashells to show for it. Your life had better count for something greater than anything you can obtain on this earth. The problem is, is many of us would be satisfied for seashells, but many of us are more concerned about the job we're trying to get than the purpose we're trying to live. Many of us are more concerned about the degree or the marriage or the relationship. Can I tell you something? If you live single your entire life, young people or single people or however old you are, if you live single your entire life, but you get to heaven and a thousand people have the tag that has your initials on it because you were part of reaching lost people in a lost and dying world and helping them get to an eternity, you will not care that you're 30, 40, 50, or 80 years on this earth with single because when you get to heaven, the one thing that matters will be there. We have got to come to grips with the fact that whatever it is in life that we're going after means nothing, nothing if we do not get to heaven and see people around us that we took there with us. So I want to help you today because everything in your world is nothing. I know you're like, Pastor, I did not come to church for this. This is not what I signed up for today. I want to just go ahead and help you. There is nothing in your life that means anything. Because you will lose it all when you take your last breath. Do you know what matters here? People. You know what matters here? Purpose. What are you doing with your life to live in a way that you'll be remembered once you're gone and celebrated when you get to heaven because that's all that matters. Now, that's a hard realization to come to. I get it. You mean to tell me I worked all this time? Yes. I know I'm not telling you to quit your job. That is not what I'm saying, okay? Especially if you tithe. Keep on working. I'm just kidding. That was a joke. Stay calm. 
I'm not telling you to quit your job. What I'm telling you is if God has given you one, then the only reason you're there is for the people around you. If you're going to go for that degree and God opens that door for you to do that, I'm not telling you not to. I'm telling you the only reason you're there is for the people that are around you. And whatever job you get because of that degree, you're there because of the people that are around you there. Whatever neighborhood you live in, you're there for the people around you. Everything you do is about the people that God has destined you to cross paths with. It is not what you can obtain. It is not what you can accomplish. It is not what you can grab a hold of. It is not what you get to put in your seashell bag. It's only about souls. Because God has us on mission. So I'm here to tell you that if your dream consists of houses and cars and money and bank accounts and careers and all of those things, don't buy that dream. Buy the dream that Laura and Ruby bought into, which is if I lose it all, but I get to take people with me, then I'll lose it all. If, if, I don't, if I don't accomplish anything on this world other than introducing people to Jesus, then I've accomplished all that I was here to accomplish. The reason we are here is to introduce lost people to a Jesus who can save them and turn their life around and bring hope and destiny and purpose and fulfillment into their life. And today, you and I will have the opportunity to cross paths with someone because of where we are and introduce them to the hope of Jesus. And I pray, I hope, and I encourage you today to realize that that is the only reason why you're still breathing. Think about being God for a second. Not like that. Some of y'all was already like, that person's gone, that person's gone. No, no, I'm just kidding. Think about being God for a second. Could you imagine, how many of y'all have seen the movie Bruce Almighty? Bruce Almighty, where the prayers are in his head, right? And he's like, oh gosh. Could you imagine just your prayer life alone, how whiny we sound to God. Like, hey, God, it's me again. I know it was just five minutes ago, but I really got a new thing now, and I need to talk to you about it. How much easier would it be for God that once we gave our life to Jesus, he was like, done, and we were just in heaven? That would be so much easier. You want to know the only reason why it hadn't happened that way? It's because the Bible says, how can they hear if someone has not spoken or preached? How can they preach if they've not been sent? Beautiful are the feet of those that carry the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In other words, the only reason you're still here is so that you can introduce lost people to a loving Savior. And that is our mission. So if you're going to have an interview, you're going to have a press release. So let's go there today. I know you're saying, Pastor, what in the world does this have to do with Palm Sunday? Well, I'm going to tell you right now. Okay. Mark 11, 7 through 9 says this. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and who followed shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So Jesus is riding in to town on a colt or donkeys. As he's coming in, people start laying down the branches, right? So it's Palm Sunday. They're laying down the palms. And what that was is a sign of honor. So that if you would cover the ground before someone walked on it, that was a sign of honor. But some people didn't have palm branches. So you know what they started doing? Just taking their cloaks off. Because it was more important to lay something down than to keep something on. 
Hear where I'm going with this. In your life, it is more important to lay something down than to keep something on. It is more important to lay down that marriage that is going to wreck your spiritual life, or sorry, your relationship before you get married, before it wrecks your spiritual life. It is more important to let go of that job that is destroying your family. It is more important to let go of your degree if it's not gonna take you to the place that God has. It is more important to let go of any of the things that are gonna hold you back from your purpose. That means you just gotta lay something down. And I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, there is never a moment in time where God is not looking for you to lay something down to say yes to him. And he may very well let you pick it back up, but there may be times that he does not. And those times are when things get difficult. So they were laying down and I remember I had this revelation in my own life where God was saying, I want you to lay down everything for me. When I came into ministry, I took over I, I, it, a lot. I took a huge pay cut to come into ministry. You want to know why? Because when I found out what my purpose was, there was nothing else in the world that was going to give me the same fulfillment as what God called me to do. So God was saying, are you going to lay that down for me? And so, as you can imagine, they start laying down cloaks. So people are taking their shirts off. People are taking their shirts off, people. Could you imagine like, oh my, what, what kind of party is this? Like, if you didn't know what was going on, like, that person's in the, Hey, sir, sir, <laughs> by all means, you keep your shirt on, okay? So, but people are laying their, their cloaks down, and because this is a representation of the exact same thing that God is asking us to do, and on Palm Sunday, it's the same thing that I'm bringing this message before you, is what is it that God is asking you to lay down? What is it about your life? That you are taking so much pride in your accomplishments that you are not taking any pride in the gospel. What is it that God wants you to sacrifice, to lay down? And the problem with this is it's very easy to lay down the things you are in control of. But what happens when he asks you to lay down the things that you are not in control of? See, it was easy for me when God said, give me that job. Here's my job. God said, give me the house. Here's the house. Give me the car. Here's the car. Give me your son. Whoa. Because I wasn't ready for that one. And if you're new, you don't know the story. My son died last year, May 18th of 2018. After a battle with Batten disease that myself and my family was not ready for and we did not sign up for. Or so we thought. You see, because when God said, lay down your life for me, I didn't realize it meant my children too. And I was good giving my job. I was good giving my house. I, was, I told God, you can have it all. Whatever you call me to, my life is yours. And as I watched my son take his last breaths on his bed, and as he entered into heaven, in that moment, I did not realize that I can give you my house, I'll give you my job, I'll give you my car, I'll give you everything I have, but you can't take the one thing that I love more than anything else. And he said, if I can't have that, then there's no point in giving me the rest. It's easy to give up what you own. What do you do with the stuff you can't control? And I'm here to tell you today that God's sovereignty, his control, his desire isn't to harm us 
Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you hope and a future. That even the areas of our life that we're saying, God, I'm not ready to give this to you yet. He says, that's the one I want. And what is it in your life that God is saying today on Palm Sunday, you've been trying to keep control for far too long. But today, the minute you give it to me is the minute I carry the burden for you. The minute you give it to me is the minute I carry the burden for you. You want to know why? Because the burden of our life is too much to bear. I don't know about you. How many of you have ever been so stressed out you couldn't see straight? How many of you have ever been ready to get a promotion and quit your job in the same day? Come on, somebody. I want to work here for the rest of my life, except for right now. I don't want to be here anymore. Why? The burden is too much to bear. If you've ever had a child that was sick and there was nothing you could do for them, that burden is too much to bear. For you parents who have children with special needs, I feel you. That burden is in a constant state of too much to bear. When you got to pick between flying your child to Miami Hospital to get something, a procedure done that may or may not work, or to pay your electric bill and your mortgage, that burden is too much to bear. But can I tell you something? When God steps into your life and you say, you know what? It's all too much to bear. So rather than me trying to pick what areas of my life I'm going to keep control of, how about I just give it all to you? And we surrender every aspect of our life, the things you care about and the things you don't care about, the things you love and the things you don't love, everything. God, I'm giving it all to you. I'm laying it all down at your feet. And when you lay it all down, the Bible says he works all things out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I'm here to tell you, you can keep taking control if you want, but you're going to keep messing it up. But the minute that you and I give it to God and say, you know what, God, you do whatever you're going to do with this. I trust you. That trust in the living Savior who gave his life for you, I can tell you this, if he died for you, he's not interested in letting you down now. God is invested in your story. He's not interested in letting you fail. So in the press release, what happens? Number one, I'm going to find my sanctuary in my surrender. I'm going to find my sanctuary in my surrender. When I mean say sanctuary, what I'm talking about is my peace. I'm going to find peace in my surrender. I know some of you are like, Pastor Brad, you talked about surrender last week. Honest to God, I tried to change it this week, and I really felt like the Lord was like, no, 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 you're going to keep that in there one more week. Here's the reason why. Because we love control over our own lives. Don't we? Don't, don't we love, we love a sprinkle of God on top of our own ideas, rather than surrendering our ideas to an infinite God. Like, God, here's all my plans. If you could just sprinkle some magic dust on it real quick and make it all work out for my good. And God's saying, no, 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 I've got bigger plans for you. And it may not feel like it now. It may feel like you're struggling. This may feel like the worst day of your life. I'll tell you this. When my son took his last breath, I thought it, it, it was the worst day of my life. But even now, I'm seeing God carry us through moments where he's showing you I'm even working that out for your good. And if anything, it has given me a crystal clear picture of what eternity is. 
Because if I can't control it here, I'm giving it to the God that can take me there. And so we find sanctuary in my surrender. Psalm 73, 25, and 26 says, Who have I in heaven but you? And on earth there is nothing I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart, and I'm going to go and add a few things for you. My flesh, my heart, my job, my degree, my relationship, the things that I'm pursuing, everything I want in life, everything on my journey, the things that I thought were important, everything that I'm going after, my promotion, it may fail. But you, Lord, are the strength of my heart and the portion forever. When God is your everything, you don't have to worry about losing anything. Next, I'm going to find praise in my position. I'm going to find praise in my position. I sat in a conference this past week and I heard Pastor Craig Rochelle from Life Church was given such a powerful message that wrecked my heart. And as he was talking uh, in his message, he was talking about this this idea that some of us have in life where we're only worried about what's next, but we never enjoy what is. And he, he said, for many of you that have kids, you, you, they, they're newborns now, but you can't wait till they start walking and talking. So you're, you're looking forward to when they start walking and talking. The problem is once they start walking and talking, they never shut up. So then once you get in that phase, you're waiting for them to be able to kind of take care of themselves a little bit. But once they get to that point, now they're getting on your nerves. And so you can't wait for them to be teenagers because then they can drive and you don't have to drive Johnny to soccer practice. So then they start driving. Uh, but then once they start driving, you wish that they were 10 again because you didn't enjoy them being 10 because you couldn't wait for them to drive. And then they go to college and you couldn't wait for them to go to college. But now that they're in college, you wish they were here because you're realizing that for 18 years, you never appreciated the season you were in. You were just looking forward to them not being in it anymore. He said, on your job, you you're so busy trying to get to the degree that you don't appreciate where you're at. And then once you get the degree, you then can't wait to get, you, you don't want to be in the degree stage. You just can't wait to get to the job. But then when you get to the job, you realize that there was a lot of things you could have done going to the degree, but now you got the job. You can't wait to get the promotion. But once you get the promotion, you're really wishing that you hadn't got it because it's taking you away from your wife. It's taking you away from your husband. It's taking you away from your kids. And now your family is suffering because you got the thing that you always wanted. And he was talking about this idea that the glory is in the grind, that the joy is in the season, that right now is your moment. It's not tomorrow. It's not next week. It's not next month. It's not next year. Today is your moment. Today is your opportunity to love your kids and show them what Jesus looks like. Today is your opportunity to love your coworkers and to show them what Jesus looks like. Today is your opportunity to stop for five minutes at a gas station and see the person that's asking for something and love them like Jesus would. Today is your moment. But if you're so busy looking forward to tomorrow, you're never going to get the opportunity to praise in your position today. Is God good today or is he only going to be good when he gives you what you want tomorrow? And I'm here to tell you, people, friends, he is good today. He's in control today. He has destined and purposed you for today. And he wants to do something in and through your life today. And lastly, I'm going to find joy, true joy in knowing Jesus. I'm going to find true joy in knowing Jesus. And I know that sounds like it should be in the clearance section at a Christian t-shirt selling place, but 
I'm, I've come to this place in my life and I'm only 32 years old. Don't hold that against me for those of you that are older than me. First time I said that, people walked out. <laughs> it was just one guy actually. He's like, 32? No, I'm not listening to you anymore. I'm leaving. <laughs> 32 years old and I thank God I didn't wait till 60 or 70 to figure this out. But I'm gonna live for today. And whatever today holds, I may not be enough to handle it by myself, but with God on my side, we're enough to handle it together. And so pain may come, but God is bigger. Difficulty may come, but he's stronger. The struggle may come, but he's greater. Because before the foundation of the world was created, before you were formed in the womb of your mother, he knew you. And again, he's working all things together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Philippians 3, 7 through 8. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss. Whatever you've accomplished, count it as loss. Whatever you love about this life, count it as loss. Whatever you've attained, count it as loss. Whatever you're in love with, count it as loss. Why? For the sake of knowing Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ. I wrote a few phrases down. Whichever one connects to you, I want you just to grab a hold of it. God, if you never give me the opportunity to give myself away to that one person, and get married, then God give me the chance to give you away to a thousand people. If you never give me another promotion, then give me favor with every coworker I have to win them for Jesus. If I never get the degree that I'm going for, then show me what's next so that I can fulfill every purpose you have for me. And if I do get that degree and I never work in that field, show me how I'm gonna use it to meet the right people so that I can win more people for you. But I'm laying down my ambition I'm laying down my business. I'm laying down my family dreams. I'm laying down my career. I'm laying down my goals, my job, my desires. Use me to reach whoever I can. At my interview, after the last second of my life, I don't wanna be standing there with a collection of seashells. I wanna be standing there with a collection of souls. Can we agree today on this Palm Sunday that God's got us on mission? And I'm ready to say yes to everything God is calling to me. If you're ready to say yes to destiny and purpose and life through Jesus Christ, let's put our hands together one time as we close this out today. So thank you. Let's pray, guys. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you that everything we have is yours. We love you today and God, we're surrendering when we're saying yes. God, I pray for those of us that are laying down the difficult parts of our life. I pray for those who are laying down the parts of our life that we've been trying to keep control of for far too long. God, I pray that you show us that you have always been in control. We were just fighting you for it. 
but God, that you're not here to let us down. You are far too invested in our life to let us lose. And things may look differently than we thought they would. And outcomes may be differently than we expected them to be. But that doesn't mean you're not for us. It just means you have different plans for us. So God, we surrender to the purpose that is greater than our own. And that is yours. We love you today. In Jesus' name, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you're in this room, you don't know Jesus. You know about him, but your life doesn't belong to him. This portion of the service is intentionally stopped just for you. And today, if you say, Pastor, I, I don't know. I, I know enough about God to know my life's not right with God. And I've been trying to control my own life. I've, I've really been trying to keep the reins. I've tried to live in life my way, but that hadn't worked out. And I've realized that I need to surrender and just say yes to Jesus. I don't know that I'm saved, but today I want to be. And I know that I need him in my life. If that's you today. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out. I just want to pray for you. And if you're in this room or you're watching this online, you say, that's me, Pastor. I need Jesus in my life. Right now. You're ready to say yes to Jesus and him being in your life. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right where you sit? And that's me, Pastor. I'm ready to say yes. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Once you put your hand up, you can put it down. Like I said, I'm not here to embarrass you or call you out. We want to pray and celebrate your life today because God has destiny and purpose for you. Is there more that says, that's me, Pastor. I'm ready to say yes to Jesus taking control of my life. Maybe you're watching us online and you're ready to say yes to that call as well. And you're ready to give your life to Jesus, the one who died for you. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray a prayer today. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer is putting words to the actions of your heart that you're putting your faith in Jesus, that when he went to the cross, he died for your sins and gave you access to God. And if you're gonna pray that prayer with us, we're gonna, the whole church is gonna pray with you. So you're not praying it by yourself. And we're gonna give God our heart today. So church, let's pray it with our brothers and sisters this morning. Say, dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for grace. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for life. Forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross. And I believe that you rose three days later. Through your life, through your death, and through your resurrection, I can be saved but not just saved, filled with purpose, filled with destiny, filled with new life. So God, I give it to you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. TC, let's put our hands together for all those that prayed that, perhaps for the very first time. We celebrate with you. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. 
For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.